Are you ready? A shot of wrestling. Episode 194. And wait. Wait. Nope. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 194 of A Shot of Wrestling. I am your host at Michael J. Putty. Joining me, by always, Hollywood, Mark Schwann. Mark, how you feeling? I'm doing phenomenal, Putty. It is the end of the year. End of the decade. End of the decade, even. My God, this is a huge show. Probably the biggest show that we've ever done here for A Shot of Wrestling. No, that's a fair statement. Only one way to find out but to do it, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Let's just... Head right on to it. I, I want to call a spade a spade, call you out here. I noticed you were kind of waddling in here. Tell me how you ate too much during the holidays. Oh, right? my God, dude. So I had a photo shoot on Monday, right? So it mm-hmm. was two days beforehand. Um, I didn't have a single carb. Okay. I drank a shitload of water. It was tough, too. It was my mother-in-law's birthday. Oh. So we went out to, like, uh, she, she went to go to Cheesecake Factory. Oh. The, the only thing on that menu, by the way, that's uh, that's keto-friendly is a salmon, a skinny delicious salmon okay. with assorted vegetables. That's wow. it. They all had these appetizers. They all had a big gas cake afterwards. I didn't fucking touch a single thing. Were people was, respectful of that? Or they make fun of you? Oh, no, no. They got it. They understood why. They were oh. just like, ah, oh, dude, feel bad for you, man. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, whatever. Sucks. So I do the photo shoot, right? Naked? Sh- What's that? Naked? Only one shot just for you, buddy. Oh, sweet. Merry Christmas. <laughs> hey, Merry Christmas. So I do the shot. I do the photo shoot. Took uh, about half hour, an hour. As soon as that thing was over, dude, carved the fuck out. Nice. Dude, what are you I, doing? Just, I just went nuts. Like from that Monday to Friday, I just gone nuts. How are you feeling now? Re- you- regretful. Okay. <laughs> I think I gained 15 pounds. Do you have a certain time limit where you got to lose that now? All that? right. So now my wife and I and her family, we we, we started. Your family now. You know, our, yes, exactly. My family now. Uh, we did, the day after Christmas, we started the biggest loser competition. Oh, you win that. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, I've done this stuff before as far as losing weight. Oh, okay. You're a dick. I just caught on to what you just said there. Oh, you're so happy. You're so clever. <laughs> Give it up for Michael J. Putty, everyone. Give it up for Michael J. Putty. Thank you. No, I think, I think we're going to end the show here. I think you're on top. <laughs> from Mark Schwann. Until next year. Oh, my God. I hate you so much. No, so, yeah, by February 29th, we have a target weight, yada, yada. So my goal is to lose 15 pounds, which I'll probably hit in two weeks. Yeah, no doubt. But my problem is I just need to maintain it until February 29th. Why don't you just not do it until, like, mid-February? No, because then I'm going to gain more, probably. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know? Mark, a couple weeks ago you talked about how it was when your one-year anniversary in the show. Yeah. And I was riding around in my car doing some errands, and I heard on the radio something that reminded me you have been here for one year. Right. Almost a year ago, I talked about the radio station doing their top 
92 alt songs of all time. Oh, my God. I remember this. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Last year's number one was Red Hot Chili Peppers, Under the Bridge. And you're like, what? Yeah, I still don't get that one. So they're doing it again this year. All right. I don't understand. Are they doing it for the decade now? I don't know what's going on. Last year, it was a top 92 songs of alt songs of all time. All right, all time. Okay. This year, it's the oblig- obligatory end of year countdown, end of the decade, 92 songs of all time. So Just in general, it, all very, time it's songs. It's very confusing. Okay. So I still think it's all time, but the way they worded it is very confusing. But no, it's not just alt songs. It's like any genre. Oh, no, genre. alt songs. Alt songs. Oh, it's only alt adult, songs. Yeah, adult. Okay. Yeah, whatever it's called. Yeah. yeah. You ready for the top three here? Okay. Number three. Mm-hmm. Panic at the Disco, I Write Sins, Not Tragedies. Wow, that's pretty high. Last year was number four. Moved up one. How does that? Mm, okay, go on. Number two, Oasis, Wonderwall. Yeah, baby. Coming back strong. Last year was number seven. Well, how the fuck? Like, if you did it last year all the time, what, what's the difference between one year? Number one, climbing one spot last year's number two, Nirvana, Smells Like Teen Spirit. That's number one? Yeah. Well well played. Which you thought should be number one last year. And I was thinking the same thing. Like, it's, it's all songs of all time. How does it change every year? Right. You can't just change it every single year. Most people vote differently, but that, then don't call. Uh, I mean, they don't say the top songs of all time. Just say the 2019 songs of all time. Right. I so, mean, think of it like this too. I mean, how many alt songs come out even a year? Is alt even still a thing? I don't know. The radio. Are there new alt songs? I would imagine there has to be for radio stations, right? I mean, I I think they're playing like older songs though. Yeah, true. I have no clue. But I just wanted to touch on that because it reminded me of last year talking to you about it. I told you about it. Like, what's the, what's the number one song? I'm like, I didn't listen to the number one yet. <laughs> I do remember so that. So I made sure I listened to the number one this year. And uh, there it is. Nirvana smells like Teen Spirit last year. Number two. Climbing, I approve. Climbing, climbing one spot to number one. Nirvana smells like Teen Spirit. That was pretty you good. Know, you know, they're Nirvana, man. They're going to be something one day. Eh, maybe. <laughs> I don't see them going too far. One hit wonders. <laughs> that Kurt Cobain guy, man. Oh, that's his name? Okay. <laughs> but anyway, we're a wrestling podcast. We're at the end of the year, end of the decade. Still feels weird to be at the end of the decade. I mean, I don't know. I mean, we we've gone through it many times before. And I don't remember people making such a big deal about it. Yeah. Well, the one time they made a big deal about it was Y two K. That's that, that the was, last time I remember. That wasn't end of a decade. That was end of a millennia. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was both. Mm-hmm. So anyway, let's let's sort of go over some of the highlights. That lots of stuff happened this year. Let's go over some highlights, Mark, really quickly. Start okay. start off with the Royal Rumble. First time going to baseball stadium. Remember that. Wait, that was the first time at a baseball stadium. Yeah. Wow, I, I didn't even put two and two together for that. Then we moved on to the Elimination Chamber, which was the debut of the women tag team titles. Right. Then in April, we had WrestleMania, Kurt Angle, and Batista's last matches. Women main eventing. Also, Ring of Honor and New Japan G1 Supercard, the first non-WWE slash McMahon event to sell out MSG in decades. I think with the 40s, 30s, we went back on. I think Greenman went to that show. Oh, wow, did he? Remember that big show? Yeah, yeah, no, another, I know what you're talking about. Another yeah. company selling out MSG, which is still mind-boggling that, that they let that happen. Right. May, we had Brock Lesnar winning Money in the Bank, which no one saw happening. And AEW's inaugural show, Double or Nothing, which launched them to where they are now. July, Brock cashed in, and Evolve 131 became the first indie show to air on the WB Network. Oh, I thought that was a big deal, man. That was a huge deal. Yeah. August, we saw the debut of The Fiend in the SummerSlam, which everyone was still raving about. Probably one of the biggest debuts this year, yeah. And Chris Jericho became the first AEW World Champion back in August. Seems like a lot longer than that, right? Or just me? Um, yeah, kind of. October, a huge month. We had SmackDown debut on Fox. NXT went live on USA. AEW debuts their weekly Dynamite show. Yeah, big month. Big month for wrestling, man. 
in November, we had AW officially launching their show with the Full Gear pay-per-view, our first viewing party. And that weekend, that was TakeOver and Survivor Series. And that build leading up to it. Oh, man, that was a fantastic yeah. build. What a year this has been. Crazy year for us. So much should happen. A lot. Kind of happy it's over. Oh, fucking reset and relax. Catch my breath. <laughs> what are you talking about, man? We're going to jump right into it for the road to WrestleMania. Want to hear some highlights of the decade? Okay. I mean, this is going to be take a while, right? No, I, just, I narrowed, it was, it was going to I narrowed it down. Okay, let's hear it out. Uh, CM Punk's pipe bomb was back in July 2011. Remember that? That yeah. started the decade off. Yeah. Edge retired. That was 2011. Yeah. Huh? The Rock returned to face John Cena once in a lifetime, twice. Lesnar returned <laughs> once in a lifetime, twice. Twice. <laughs> the streak ended, and Shank Man made that really big surprise return. Yeah. Just to name a few. This, we can go on and on, but we're not going to keep going on. We have other stuff to talk about, but. Yeah, just think about where we are now to where we were 10 years ago. Shawn Michaels retired in a decade, right? Yeah. Yeah. Started out WrestleMania 26, 10 years ago. Damn, dude. Oh. A lot of stuff happened, this, not only this year, but this decade. And what a way to wrap it up here with Mark Schwann and myself, giving our year-end awards coming up later at the end of the show. Right now, let's, have, let's, do, a, let's do a shot, toast this year, and come back. It's a very slow news week that was because holidays, nothing happened this week. Yeah, nothing really happened. It's just... Everyone take a vacation for the holidays. Let's have some fun and uh, recap what happened. It's time for In the News with Michael J. Putty and Mark Schwab. All right, back with the news. Talking about the decade. Like A decade ago, I didn't know what a podcast really was. Was podcast even a thing a decade ago? I believe it was because I learned about them when Eddie Guerrero passed away. Okay. I listened to one, but I stopped listening to it until I started doing a podcast almost eight years ago. And now here we are. The Shot of Wrestling. Biggest, fastest growing, hottest wrestling podcast in the tri-state area. God damn right. And we want to get you involved in the conversation. Inbox at com. Hit us up on our social medias at a Shot of Wrestling on Facebook and Instagram. Shot of Wrestling. No A on Twitter. And hotlines open, as you heard last week, 24 hours, seven days a week. So dial it up, 619-343-3005. Mark. The news. Stuff did happen this week, surprisingly. During their annual post-Christmas house show at MSG, Andrade won the U.S. championship from Rey Mysterio. Probably the biggest news of the week. Huge win for Andrade. I am super excited for him. I, what did I say before? I feel like that dude deserves a championship run. Yeah, I, I think I said it last week. I said, why, why, why is Rey Mysterio holding the strap? I think someone like Andrade you did, yeah. you know, should be a champion at this point and... I, I hope he has a good run. I really do. Now, Rey Mysterio won it back in November. Right. That didn't last long. No. You see him having a long run well into 2020? Until to, to establish him as a singles competitor? Yeah. No, I think, they, I think he should. I think he absolutely should. At least, at the very least, six months. Last year, I went to their post-Christmas house show. That's when I was in the suite in MSG. Nothing really happened. No, I, I mean, now this time, history was made. I think it's cool. I mean, it goes to show you never know what's going to happen in a house show. Which, but, which led me to ask you, like, why do you think they did it here at a house show, especially MSG? Well, you just hit it right there, MSG. It's MSG, man. Like, it, so there goes my follow-up question. Yeah, okay. It's, you know, Vince has a soft spot for MSG, especially after what happened, what you said earlier before yep. uh, this year with ROH and New Japan Pro Wrestling doing their thing over there. Yeah, Vince, I guess he felt like he needed to do something big at the Garden. This is this is pretty big, and that, that's a pretty big deal. You know, anytime you see a championship change hands at a house show, it's so rare. It's so so rare, very rare. Because most house shows, the thing that's city to city, are basically the same shit 
week in, day in and day out. Right. I mean, this is probably the biggest one I can remember since what, like Kevin Nash when he beat Bob Backlund at a house show for the World Heavyweight Championship. Or July 7th, 2017, when AJ Styles defeated Kevin Owens. Oh, right, dude. I almost forgot about that. A lot of people did. But, you know, it's in this case, I mean, it's Andrade. It's his first big championship here in uh, WWE main roster. So, And why did he get a title opportunity? They equated it because he won that gauntlet match. Yeah, from which, like, what, a week or two ago? Did he win that? I thought it was like a no contest after he killed Humberto. I think, what, I think he did stopped? win it. Oh, okay. I thought the match stopped after that. I don't remember, but who, who knows? It's too much wrestling. Too much wrestling throughout the week. <laughs> now, the news, someone we talked about last week, I guess Mark Henry heard us because he has high praise for Ray Ripley on his busted open radio show, saying, and I quote, at 23 years old, I was still lifting. I hadn't even gotten into wrestling yet. She's already been in it, been there, done that. At 23 years old, what, what should we do in the next 15, 20 years? I'm going to tell you, she's going to transcend this business. And he went on to equate her career possibly being like that of The Rock or John Cena transcending this business and just becoming this ultimate face of wrestling, maybe for the women division, becoming this huge mainstream star. I'm assuming you're going to agree with this statement. I 110% agree with that statement. Uh, Rhea Ripley, the fact is, you know, she's done so much in such a little time, 23 years old. 23, man. Like, we can't stress that enough. You know, I I know we say it time and time again, oh my God, she's 23, she's 23. But it's still, it's freaking crazy to think, man, you know, what she's been doing and, and, uh, Especially, you know, when they threw her into the wolves, pretty much in the main roster for for a short bit of time, yeah. and doing what she did at Survivor Series weekend, and, and now being the NXT Women's Champion, going into twenty twenty with the with the strap, you know, and um, she's just got this incredible presence to her, great in ring ability. She she speak well, you know. I, I um, it's also I, funny you keep saying she's twenty three. You keep saying she's twenty three, but here is the thing: at twenty three, like people have people can have a uh, a lot of talent at 23. Yeah. But, you know, there's a difference when, like, you know, having that mindset, having that presence. You know, she, she has that presence of, like, a 20-year vet. Yeah. Definitely. And it, it, so it's astonishing to think that, you know, hell, man, we probably even seen her peak yet. The point I was trying to make to you that was Batista had a great career, one of the best in the business in the past 20 years. And he Debatable. Started, and he yeah. started when he was, what, in the late 30s? Yeah. I mean, he was a very late bloomer, yeah. And she's only 23. She has so much ahead of her god sparing anything right so, no exactly i mean you you always kind of i kind of equate her to page in a sense because i yeah. feel like page had kind of the same thing going for her definitely did yeah and uh unfortunately injury cut it short and i, I you know when you say uh, you know god god barring anything else i mean yeah i completely agree with that because we've seen it before you know we've seen that with again with page yep. and uh you know unfortunately you know uh, the powers of be you know, God, the universe had different plans for her. And, but hopefully Rhea Ripley, I mean, I agree with Mark Henry. If she keeps doing what she's doing, yeah, absolutely transcend this business. Uh, maybe even being better and bigger than Charlotte Flair, who I think is the absolute best in the industry today. But again, Charlotte Flair wouldn't be a 10-time champion if she wasn't Ric Flair's daughter, though. You know what? I might have to disagree with that. I, I could understand why you say it, but Charlotte Flair, I think, is already... How old Charlotte? Charlotte, I think, is... Thirties, right? Early thirties, yeah. yeah. Uh, I would dare say Charlotte's better than her dad at this point. That's fair. You know, she's she's like the total package for real. Like again, the, the presence that we talked about before with Rhea Ripley, her athleticism is through the charts. Her promo work is getting get, been getting better and better. Uh, outstanding look. I mean, she just gets it, and she's clearly a hard worker, man. You know, I, yes, she does have the flair name that helps, 
But I think even without that, she'd still be doing what she's doing. I think we can talk about Rhea Ripley all night, so let's move on to other news. Trying to differentiate themselves. AEW started keeping track of the win-loss records. They've been doing that, but I feel like it's not really counting for anything. Well, now 2020 is coming. Those records are going to get reset. Apparently, this is causing a huge commotion with AEW fans. Why? I don't know. The promotion really announced that starting January 1st, all records will reset. It's like a new season. Career records will remain intact, and the annual records will be important when announcing the weekly AEW rankings. Do they release rankings every week? They do. Okay. Currently, John Moxley is leading the men's rankings and could get an AEW world title shot soon. Chris Statlander, isn't she just debuting? Yeah. Is one of the top women rankings right now. So if you're an AEW fan and care about these rankings, uh, records, I guess, sorry? Uh, again, you know, again, I told you when we started this segment, slow news week. <laughs> it's professional wrestling, man. Like, you, Don't read too much into it. Just enjoy the ride. Because win losses don't really mean anything anymore, do they? In wrestling altogether, no. I think they used to at a point. No. I feel like it didn't even then. I'm talking back in the day. Maybe, maybe back, back in the day, yeah. Before me and you. Going even, back into Bruno San Martino days. But. Right. Again, before we, we were even alive. But, you know, I mean, I think it's cool that they do the win-loss record thing for AEW. It is something different. But the thing is that they're resetting it every year. Like, I think that's great. That's fine. Like, treat it like, you know, if you're going to treat it somewhat like sports. Yeah. You know, it's Records. like a new season. Yeah. All right. Restart. That's a good point. Like, what, what's wrong great with that? You're yeah, supposed absolutely. to keep it in these career stats in these people? Come on, man. Moving on to another news. One of my favorite news stories of the week, Mark. Again, slow news week. Baron Corbin caught up with Sportskedia to talk about his finisher, The End of Days. Great I actually, I actually, yeah, I like that finisher a lot. During the interview, Corbin opened up about how he had a discussion with The Undertaker about keeping his finisher sacred, saying, and I quote, I 100% do know this move is special, and you know, I had a conversation with The Undertaker about it. He really made the tombstone something very special. Nobody kicked out of it for a very long time. He held it very sacred. That's something I took to heart. That's something I want to do with it because nobody's ever kicked out of the end of the days. When it lands, it's over and people know it. Never knew no one kicked out at the end of the days. And that's something. Did, it Kurt, did Kurt Angle kick out of it or no? I don't remember, but he's saying no one has kicked out of it. I, w- I want to like double check that. But it's interesting. Cause I think we talked about like Eric Jaden and uh, TJ McConey talking about it. Uh, Hank Flanders. Yeah. Protecting moves being sacred. And Paul Heyman had a good thing about how finishers aren't finishers anymore. Yeah, I, I love that interview with him. Yeah, and here is Baron Corbin keeping his finisher sacred, making sure nobody kicks out of it. It's something I think this business is lacking because these matches of the year, great matches, this is awesome. Right. Our finisher kicked out, finisher kicked out, finisher kicked well, out. Well, you know what I think really started that, that whole trend is with Shawn Michaels Undertaker WrestleMania 25. Yeah, probably, yeah. You know I mean? how many? Because, fin- like you said, nobody kicked out of the tombstone until I think Shawn Michaels did it, right? Maybe, I don't know. No, but- I think... I think maybe earlier on that may have happened. I think I'm pretty sure Stone Cold kicked out of it and Rock early in the days. Okay, I mean, I but that okay. that match stands out as probably the most finishers I've seen people kick out of, and then we've seen a trend from there because yeah, that was a very special match because we've never seen anything like it. But then we started seeing more and more matches like it, and it's just like okay, enough's enough. Like that match itself, like stuff like that happening, should happen like once in a lifetime type of shit. You know, it shouldn't be happening like yeah. every other fucking pay-per-view. And big props to him for doing this deep six finisher, but people kick out of that. But holding sacred his big number one finisher is something I never really put paid attention to or put two and two together. Yeah. But props to him for taking care of his character and taking care of his moveset and uh, looking two steps forward. I think Baron Corbin's very underrated. Hugely underrated, yeah. You know, I, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of his character, per se. Okay, but... 
but I, I appreciate his in-ring work. Yeah, me too. You know, his finisher is phenomenal. Cool. Yeah. I think it's so cool. I don't know. I, 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 I like, again, his in-ring ability, and it's only getting better. But, you know, his character, I, I don't know. I, I feel like there's something missing with it. I think the King Corbin, actually, is probably the best I've ever seen him. Oh, I'm loving King Corbin, yeah. Yeah, but I, I just, I don't know. It's just, I feel like there needs to be more, and I don't know what that is. We'll find out in 2020. Yeah. And there's some high news, Mark. Sunday, December 22nd. Luke Gallows got married. Did he really? Yeah, he's been dating this woman for a while named Bethany. She confirmed it on her social medias. All of them. He has not yet to confirm it. But big congratulations to the big man. Yeah. And finally, Jason Jordan and his wife April revealed they're expecting a baby daughter next June. He broke the news on Twitter saying, so we're having a baby girl coming 2020. Congratulations to them. Congrats. Yeah, absolutely. His father, Kurt Angle, replied, though, <laughs> keep it kayfabe alive. Love Kurt Angle for this. Saying, I call congrats to my first son, Jason Jordan, on great news that he and his wife are having a baby girl. No offense, but I hope she looks like her mother, not like us. Are you going to name her after me? Kurtina? Just a suggestion. Regardless, I'm so proud of being an expecting grandpa. Kurt hey, Angle's the man. Good job. That's all the news I got. Let me fill up my drink. Do some shots. Let's do some Jaeger bomb. I haven't done a Jaeger bomb in a long time. What, would you, what are you, a Long Island boy? Yeah, so you're, you're looking on by, right? Or bring, let me make you feel at home. <laughs> You've done research. Yeah, hell yeah, bro. Next is going to be a car bomb. Jaeger bombs. Jaeger bombs. <laughs> That's my boy. We come back to some TV takedown. It's time for this week's TV takedown. All right, Mark, you ready to talk about some TV? Yeah, sure. Raw. Chelsea Green made her main roster, quote-unquote, debut which I was very surprised about. Loved watching her match with Charlotte Flair. Going back to last week with Deanna Perrazzo making her debut, quote-unquote debut against Asuka. Before they came out, they showed a clip of their NXT careers. It's, it, it's kind of interesting. See how the, is it going to be an ongoing thing? Yeah. So they bring women uh, up from NXT to go against the mainstay of the roster? Because these aren't squash matches either. No, they're not squash they're matches. They're not going against some local talent. These, are, these women from NXT holding their own. So I'm curious to see this going keep going forward in 2020. Yeah, I, I, I really do hope they do this as well. Uh, it sounds like they are making more of a push for, for them to do this. It's yeah. a great way to shine the light in the NXT women's division. Definitely, and yeah. To maybe uh, bring some more eyes over to NXT, period. And, uh, you know, it's a good way to put talent over and to have some good matches, but yet, you know, putting the people they want to put over, over. I'm not a loyal NXT watcher, but... I haven't seen Chelsea Green week in and week out. I haven't seen Deanna Peraza week in and week out. So it's right. good to see them also giving these talented women on their roster, who they aren't really using week in and week out, a chance to shine on a national, global stage. Right, exactly. Especially for Monday Night Raw, yeah. where, again, I mean, you think about what Raw, what it is, and I keep saying it, you know, it's really for that, you know, that casual viewer. And no offense, they're not going against, like, Sarah Logan. No. They're going against Charlotte Flair and Asuka. Right. So you know they're not going to win, but or I was thinking about this. You, they're not going to win. They're not going to lose to Oscar. They're not going to lose to Charlotte Flair. But something you, I think it was Jimmy J, talked about two weeks ago, maybe we'll get a one, two, three kid experience here. I would love to see that. Maybe some woman from NXT does come and pin Becky Lynch, and now that launches her character into the main roster. Right. Right. That's and the first it, thing I thought of. Maybe, that creates a feud yeah. or whatever. I, I think it would have to you be Jimmy against, called it, yeah. I think it would be, have to be against a heel uh, for it to oh, okay, work. That makes sense. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I think that would really hurt Becky Lynch if it happened to Becky Lynch. I was just throwing a name out there. I wasn't giving too much thought, but I was thinking about what more you and Jimmy said. Right. We need a new uh, one, two, three kid happening today. Right. You know, I, I mean, can see it coming from this store, uh, this 
and gold are dealing with. Right. I mean, who's the biggest heel woman on Raw right now? Asuka, would you say? guess so. Yeah. The, the Raw Women's Division isn't the strongest right now, but... No, it's crazy because they have Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair, but yeah, yeah it's not the... Charlotte's a... Is she still a tweener or she still full she's still full-fledged I she's a tweener. Yeah. I think it could still work in Charlotte, though. They're not doing it on a SmackDown, which is interesting, but okay. I, I guess think, that Raw's time to kill. I think the, uh, it's less time. Yeah. Anyway, do you have any uh, take time this week? Um, not much. Only two mean, shows on Raw and SmackDown. Right, nice. right. And, um, is this, are we doing Cheers and Heels? <laughs> Pretty much. Throwback, right? Shane. A shot of wrestling presents Cheers and Heels. So mine is on SmackDown. That chemistry of Dana Bryan and The Miz is awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. No pun intended here. But, you know, I mean, they've had it. You should the credit for that pun. That was an awesome pun. Thank you. (laughs) They've had it for such a long time. And the fact that they haven't wrestled each other really in in quite a bit. And if you put in a program like this, and they they still have it. It's not even like the same old shit that we've used to seeing between Dana Bryan and The Miz. Because The Miz has transformed himself over the last few years as an in-ring competitor. Uh, this is the best that we've seen The Miz, I think, perform in the ring. And, uh, you know, he's doing some innovative moves that we haven't seen from him before. And uh, You came here, we were watching it, um, that chin, chin buster from the second rope? From the top rope. I thought, I'd never seen that before, and that was, wow. Yeah, no, great move. I dug it a lot. That was awesome, yeah. And, dude, these guys can go, man. You dug it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Great performance by both guys. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Daniel Bryan going to face The Fiend at Royal Rumble. No big surprise. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, you know, we've got a good match to, uh, to go along with that journey. So uh, I'm pretty curious to see what happens next with Daniel Bryan and The Fiend. I'm curious to see how the build goes on now. Because kind of SmackDown kind of ended like, eh, okay. So but, you know, the build going forward on this. The last few years, though, the, the week of Christmas – you know, oh, Raw, yeah. Raw and SmackDown, I mean, nothing really happens. You know, you might get, like, a, a Santa Claus incident, and that's about it. Yeah, maybe. There's no Santa Claus this year. No, there really wasn't. Oh, right? well, I'm sorry. Santa Claus became 24-7 champion. Oh, oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Whoops. Or, we should say, former guest on the show, Bear Bronson, became 24-7 champion. He played Santa Claus. Congratulations to him. Again, Greenman said this. If, he, if you're on our show... You're going to go places. And now Bear Bronson is a former 24-7 champion. Congratulations to him. Congrats, Bear Bronson. Um, real quick, that opening to SmackDown, though, with Elias. Loved it. I absolutely loved it. Uh, that was great. I, I think you should do that every week. I thought about that, too, yeah. Because it was fun because now, I don't know if because he's a face now, but he didn't get interrupted. Didn't get interrupted. Hear awesome song. I love the, the little tidbit he brought up about the, uh, Lana and Lashley. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was great, dude. That was, was on, yeah. that was awesome, man. It was a quick little thing, fit his character really well. <laughs> he's going to be over, man. I mean, he, he's he's one of those dudes that has that chemistry uh, with the audience. He can just like he yeah, absolutely. He holds him in his fucking palm. Heal our face, palm yeah. of his hand. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's perfect at what he does, and that that little segment opening the show, uh, gold, uh, awesome, gold. Something I thought about. You didn't watch Raw beginning to end, did you? 
No, I actually that that night, yeah, that night I saw Star Wars. Oh, congratulations! How was yeah. it? I, I I loved it. Did you watch any bit of Raw, or did you just watch the highlights? Um, no, I saw Samoa Joe go through the table. Yeah, I saw that highlight. Because I remember sometimes, like, you're busy. You have a crazy schedule. Yeah. So when you come to do the show, I'm like, did you watch Raw or Smack? He goes, no, I didn't, wasn't able to watch it, but I, I saw the highlights online. Yeah. And Greenman did a lot about that. He's like, did it, he's like, no, I didn't watch it, but I, I watched the highlights online. Yeah. Because you guys have some crazy schedules. You can't sit down and watch at night. It's really right? hard for me to commit to a schedule because I don't find out my schedule a lot of times until, like, the day before. Yeah. But it's also, I feel like it takes away... Yeah, Raw is kind of hard to watch full three hours, but you you do miss the experience of watching Raw by just watching the highlights, the top ten countdown on YouTube. Well, I don't just watch the top ten. I'll if I see something very interesting in the top ten, or if I read about something, I'm going to make a point to like watch further about that. So okay, but other yeah. people don't. Other people just watch the highlights. No, I, I don't I just feel watch like highlights. It takes away because Samoa Joe's promo or I guess segment at the end of Raw was fucking fantastic. Well, Samoa Joe is just a brilliant mind. But it was, it was precursed after the opening of Raw as, as the AOP and Seth Rollins were leaving. He cut this great promo on commentary about they were thugs and they're not real men. Right. Something I don't think is going to get replayed in the recap or not going to get replayed in the top 10. But that's awesome foreshadowing of what's going to happen later on. So people who just watch the clips and highlights, you missed out on Samoa Joe's awesome promo tearing down the AOP and Seth Rollins, which led to what we saw. At the end, Samoa Joe wasn't just standing up at the end. He was backing up what he said in the beginning of the show. Exactly. So props to Samoa Joe for doing that. Props to them letting him do that. So now and, Samoa Joe is going to be a face, it looks yeah. like. One of the biggest top faces of Raw. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's just me rambling on. Samoa Joe's done. Who's going to be the, the new uh, member of the Raw commentating team? We don't know who's coming up. I'm doubling down from what I said last week. Dale Tonga? Awesome, no. me too. I'm going to say Edge. Really? That's out of nowhere. I... You know, there's rumors he signed a contract. That he's coming back to WWE in some capacity. Um, I don't necessarily think he's clear to go in the ring. I don't think he can go full-time in the ring. But full-time gig and commentary, not a bad gig to have, man. I don't see them taking Byron Saxon off of SmackDown and then bringing him back on Raw. It's going to be somebody either who's hurt or a name we don't know yet. So I'm curious to find out who's going to happen. I don't think it's a name we don't know yet. I think, especially with Jerry Lawler. I think Jerry Lawler wants to go out sooner rather than later. You know, I think he wanted to, but I think now he's having fun. And I have, no, I had nothing about it on his end. So I know, I know about WWE. Yeah. They they want to keep him on to help develop Vic, uh, Vic Joseph a little bit I mean, more. I hope you know that we talked about it on the show. But yeah, it's fine. No, well, God, duh. You should listen to the show. It's awesome. <laughs> our show. Yeah, I listen to our good. show all the time religiously. I mute you out, but I, I turn my volume all That's the way. That's the best up. part. That's the best part. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I I, uh, I I think Edge would be the, an awesome addition to Raw. Yeah, I'm going with David Tonga. Come on, David. Or it has to be somebody from like the pre-shows. I don't know who else is on the pre-shows, but we'll find out. Anything else for TV? I literally got nothing, dude. Nor anything in your cup. So let's go down and refill some drinks. Come back, finally. Talk about our three count and get into our year-end award. This is going to be a hot segment, a hot conversation. Looking forward to it, Mark. Yeah, you're smiling ear to ear for this one, dude. I can't wait either. It's time for the three count. Man, oh man, Mark, I can't wait. Coming up in a matter of moments is our year in the awards, my favorite moment of the entire year, my favorite segment of the whole year. You know, I love award shows. Yeah, and this is the creme de la crop of award shows, man. And I just can't wait, man. Year in the awards. But before we do that, 
Let's get to our three count. Everybody is celebrating the end of the decade. So let's give into peer pressure. Let's do it ourselves, Mark. Okay. Yeah. Our top three personal moments of the entire decade. Not the again, not the best moments we thought happened in the decade. The top three moments that we affected us personally or that stood out to us personally. So number three, Mark, take it away. I'm going to say this. It's just going to be CM Punk, period. Uh, with his pipe bomb moment that led off the decade. Yeah, 2011, uh, way back when. Yeah, I, I didn't even realize that was 2011. That's crazy. Which led to you know, a huge storyline, like something we've never seen before. And it's something we'll probably never see again. Yeah. They're incorporating his whole contract. That was cool. Which was a real thing into the storyline. And we've seen promos that we've never seen before that kind of changed the business. Even from the fact that how CM Punk left the business and they tried to have similar type of superstars try to replace CM Punk. And he, for years, he had fans chanting for CM Punk. And for him to finally come back this year... On WWE backstage, still a huge deal. I see him Punk in general, man. Like he's a, a hell of a figure, hell of a hell of a superstar to have that effect over a decade's time. He's my number three. And that that promo, the pipeline, the pipe bomb promo, like really opened up Pandora's box. I mean, he mentioned things that weren't supposed to be said, mm-hmm. and what he he mentioned Paul Heyman, who eventually came back. He mentioned yeah. Brock Lesnar, who eventually came back. Hulk Hogan eventually came back. Damn, dude. Like, he even mentioned the words professional wrestling, which was so, like, you can't say that. <laughs> which reminded me of Joey Styles' uh, pipe bomb, I guess. Right. Yeah. I think this one was better. Hell, CM Punk even gave John Cena a pile driver on Monday Night Raw, a move that was banned at the time and still banned that we're not even seeing today anymore. Guy's edgy, man. I fucking love him. Mine number three isn't really a personal favorite moment of mine. There's so many moments. It's really hard to narrow down if there's three. Yeah, definitely. But when Brock Lesnar beat The Undertaker at WrestleMania 30, wasn't a moment that stands out to me as like personally affected me. I didn't care. I mean, I didn't didn't care. It wasn't. But being at the Superdome, right? Superdome? Tokong got me fucked up. I think it's a Superdome. (laughs) And when that. When the referee's hand hit the mat for a three count, that hush that went over, what, 80,000 people in that crowd? A lot of people thought that was a mistake. It was just so surreal to see the entire stadium just quiet for that brief moment. And it's a moment I'll never forget. moment I've talked about several times on this show. So Brock Lesnar beating Undertaker isn't the moment. It's that hush of the crowd. And leaving the stadium after the show, walking back to our hotel, hanging out with random drunk people in a hotel room or the lobby or the bars, walking down Bourbon Street, people saying, oh, that wasn't supposed to happen. That was a mistake. The referee messed up. Right. Hearing all these conspiracy theories now evolving from this of moment. Of course, of course. Even though as soon as it happened, it was 21 and 1 popped up on the screen. I'm like, well, it wasn't supposed to happen. Why that graphic be ready at the moment's notice? Exactly. But that's just moment. And that moment itself in the aftermath is something I'll never forget. It, it, Paul April Heyman. April 6th, 2014. Paul Heyman had one of the best reactions. Like, yeah. like looking at his face, I could understand why people thought like it was so a mistake. Like a, because so he, like an, mm. he sold it so well. Like He was in absolute shock. It was great. It was one of those moments. I was like, oh, wow. And I'll never forget that one fan with the glasses yes. in the front row. <laughs> like, he became famous for it. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was the best fan reaction I've ever seen. 
Forget the Miz girl. That dude wins fan reaction of the year of the of the decade probably. Number two. Number two. I was really like really thinking about this man because you know, like you said, there are a lot of big moments over the decade. And with number two, I was really thinking about this like man. If I don't put this in, I'm going to feel like such a dick. Evolution's reunion. Yeah, I agree with that. My number two. No, no, what? no. How's that your number two? Mine is the Women's Revolution, man. Wow. Okay. I. It's a huge moment. Go on. You want to say something? What part? There's the, the entire like years that led up to it, or just yeah, just, just all moment? of it, oh. all of it. And it. Like you know, from you know, just the divas give the divas a chance thing. Yeah. To when Stephanie McMahon made the announcement for for change, to uh, Evolution pay per view, to them having a, a match in the Middle East for Crown Jewel, uh, main eventing WrestleMania, you know, headlining, you know, getting all these accolades. I mean, these women are absolutely crushing it, dude. Like they're they're kicking the men's asses, hundred percent. Talking about give divas a chance hashtag, which led this. I think one of the moments that one of the biggest turning points of this revolution was. April 3rd, 2016, when Lita unveiled the Women's Championship. Yeah. They got rid of the Divas Championship. Divas Championship. And I think that's when kind of, the, oh, we're going to take this more seriously now. Yeah. I think that was what led the, the fulcrum point to. Uh, and they stopped calling them Divas. They called yeah. them superstars. Yeah. That was awesome. That was a, I think it was one of the pivotal moments of that revolution. Yeah. Absolutely, man. And it's still going. It's still getting better and better. Like, I, I really love what the women are doing. They're really kicking ass. Yeah. They're hungry. You know, like you think about like the times when you know, the women's matches were considered, considered bathroom breaks. Bathroom breaks, yeah. I, I hate to say it, I feel like that's the tag team matches right now. Like they're considered bathroom breaks mm-hmm. because they are they're just awful. Yeah, they're, it's just awful. The tag, tag team, team revolution. Division. Yeah, let's start one of those. Yeah. Hashtag give tag teams a chance. Uh, ooh, let's get yeah, that trending, please. <laughs> please. Hashtag give tag teams a chance. WWE, yep. please, because listen. Revolutions, they can they can evolve, they can keep going, and I I really want to see tag team wrestling get its shine. I feel like you took this more seriously than I did, because again, going personally, moments I'll never forget in the past. These 10, are personal for me, man. Past ten years, you know, I have if I like somebody, I latch on to them. Like you talked about a couple weeks ago, that, who, who am I digging right now? Not that many people. Yeah, and I got my boys, the Miz. Zack Ryder, for example. So when I'm there, August 3rd, 2016, at AT&T Stadium, and unbeknownst to me, very surprisingly, Zack Ryder wins the Intercontinental Championship ladder match at WrestleMania 32. I just fucking bolt out of my seat to make a beeline for ringside, passing. You know, like the Wiley Coyote movies where it's dust. Yeah. That's what I felt like. I just, boom, just ran, ran down the steps, passed security. He's like, oh, what about? I, just, I didn't give a fuck. Like, my ticket? Ran past everybody, went to the ringside, took pictures. One of the moments because, as like the people like the Miz and Zack Ryder who don't get many opportunities, this moment is a moment like holy shit! I was not expecting this. And hanging out with the Miz's dad and Zack Ryder's dad also briefly before security kicked me out. They <laughs> fucked themselves. They knew I was from New York or whatever. But mo- personally, moment is ah, I'll never forget that moment. It was just ah. Uh, no, that, that was an incredible moment to see because you never really expected Zack Ryder. To beat the names in that match, yeah, and it just sucks. That was I wish hours it was later. I wish it was a, a little bit longer. Even yeah. if it was just like a month, yeah, give me. I'll happy with that. I wish Zack Ryder they give him more of a chance. 
Hashtag give Zack Ryder a chance. Let me make that trending. <laughs> Two revolutions today. Can't Two. Wait. 2020 is going to be a great year for us. <laughs> Mark number one. All right. My number one. Again, it's tough, dude. You know, I, I actually had on there at one point, you know, the comeback of Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan. Uh, How I did wanna, you not pick those, right? I want to give them an yeah. honorable mention because I think that's not just in wrestling, but an uh, amazing comeback yeah, in sports. Absolutely. My number one, though. Of the entire decade of is... the entire decade is AEW. AEW, you know, doing what they're doing right now. My number one. Oh, yo, come on. Give me give me uh, give me some Jesus give me some mic Christ. time here, man. Can someone cut his mic off. Oh, is that me? Let me turn it off. <laughs> you have twenty seconds. AEW what they're doing, they they, they of the entire decade. Of the entire You're decade. Focus on the last six months. Well, I have to right now because wrestling is better than ever. It's a great time for wrestling fans. What about, a great impact? Time what about for... impact? Well, impact. Yeah, it's you're, it's re it's re uh, your your bandwagon wrestling fan. It's re revolutionized impact. It's brought on power to another okay. level. <laughs> it's it's bringing on MLW. It's bringing on ROH, New Japan. Like a lot of things going on with wrestling because of AEW. You're what they're doing so glib. I'm so glib. AEW, it's also AEW revitalized. Impact Wrestling, someone who obviously has not watched Impact Wrestling, they've been tearing it up way before AEW was even a twinkle in Cody Rhodes' eye. Okay. Well, okay. Imp- okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's your opinion, and you're well entitled to it. But oh, thank you. Props. But here's the thing. I mean, has Impact tried to force anything in WWE to do? No. AEW has. They AEW forced WWE to put NXT on a main show on USA to go head-to-head Wednesday nights. They're doing different shit now at WWE because of AEW. So obviously... Like what? Like what? NXT in general. How about that? Oh, because of AEW. And how about them doing the NXT uh, takeover thing on the main roster? Because of what AEW is doing. Because of AEW. I uh, Yes, because of wow. AEW. Okay. Was, were they doing without AEW? For a long time, WWE has just been coasting. Just been coasting. Okay. And now AEW... Is kind of getting something going. Yes, they're brand new. It's a pretty much a, uh, a Kickstarter company, but it's forcing WWE change quite a bit. Change with the different storylines, getting a little bit edgier. Other than that, dude, we'd be talking about the same old fucking shit with WWE. Okay. So, yeah, how can I not make that number one? Very passionate. That's what I love about you. <laughs> Personally, I guess there are personal moments. What a way to kick off this decade. November 22nd, 2010, over nine years ago, when your boy at Michael J. Putty won the rights to the character, the name, the likeness of Green Man. Green Man exists because of me. Right? If I wanted to make Mark Schwann Green Man, I could do that like that. Well, no, I would have to agree to that. No, you wouldn't. When the Miz <laughs> cashed in his money in the bank contract on Randy Orton to win the WWE Championship on Raw... There's a moment I was sitting alone in my parents' living room because I was living with them at the time. Yeah, a little too old. But I literally I just jumped off the couch and marked out so hard, harder than I've ever met, marked out before until Deck Rider won. Jumping up and down, running around my living room, running around the kitchen, like, holy shit, I did not expect this to happen. Miz cashing in someone I never thought it would be in the main picture or having a title at all. Beat Randy Orton to win the championship and had a decent run with it. That's a moment I will never forget. I'm talking about moments, that moment I'll never forget. I know exactly where I was, what I was doing. I hope to God. That... You're talking about AEW, like you're talking about the AEW 
phenomenon and deep resolution phenomenon. This moment, I remember exactly where I was, and this moment is something I'll never forget. I was going to touch on this. I hope to God, though, with The Miz, going back to what I was saying before about him and his his evolution in general, I mean, The Miz obviously did a good job main eventing WWE for, for a few months there. And I, I hope they actually give him another chance this coming year in 2020. Hashtag give Miz the chance? <laughs> Hashtag give him it. We're going for, we're going for a third one? You going to go for a third one? Hell yeah, let's do that. Hashtag give Miz a chance. Main event Miz. Hashtag main event Miz. So we can clearly see you took this more seriously than I took it more personally. But uh, And usually our lists kind of match up. Very different list. Very different list. Talking about a whole decade, though. So it's, it's I, I, I would decade. hope they would be different. We're talking about the whole decade. Yeah. Oh, my God. If we had the same shit for a decade, yeah. then. <laughs> Let's get married right now. <laughs> Let's go to... I'll just take my off my wedding. Let's Vermont get married. Yeah. yeah. Also, legally in New York. It's yeah, legally in New York. What, what are we? The entire country. What, what, is, what is this, 2010? <laughs> hey Full circle moment. Well done. That's why you're a professional. <laughs> but no, I mean, for me, like you, you say, like, I took it more uh, more serious. Yeah, it's like more take seriously, more like, but like those, those are, in the business in general. Those are not, big, that's personally. Those, those are big moments for me, though. The Divas Revolution, AEW weren't moments. They were. They are moments. What moment of the AEW I mean, stuck out with you? The moment that that they launched, the moment that they did their first different moments. I, I guess so. About the fun- I, I, the, am I cheating? Then I think you're cheating. I think maybe I'm cheating. I think you're cheating. The, but well, fuck it, fine. fuck it, man. Too late now. We're just recording. Too late. I don't care. You make the rules. I break them. Yeah, but when you have the answers, I change the questions. Okay, there, guy. <laughs> Again, personally, those are our favorite moments of the past ten years. Let us know yours. Inbox at shadowwrestling.com. Dial it up 619-343-3005. Chime in. Your voice can be heard next week. Mark, finally we've reached the moment to announce our year-end awards. Are you ready, my friend? Oh, I'm dying for this, dude. we have waiting 12 months for this. Okay, Mark, let's do this. Let's start with our moment of the year. What do you have? Now I feel like I'm going to be cheating again. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here, AW. Here it goes. No, actually, it's not AEW. Okay. Uh, for me, it is Kofi Mania. Okay. The, the whole thing from when it kicked off when he entered that uh, that gauntlet match. Yeah. And we, we shoved AJ Styles. Man, it's like, Dude, I'm, I'm when he for... replaced Ali? Yeah. yeah. He's like, I'm good. I've been at this for 11 years. For 11 years. But whatever. And like, that really carried on his passion. We did in the ring. Carried over to the Elimination Chamber. They just slowly, then the fans getting behind him, getting behind him. And then... Being there, for me, being there actually at WrestleMania. So you know what I'm talking about, these moments I'm yeah, talking about. Yeah, these moments. There's something different about being there. Yeah. And it's just like that, that energy. Like, you know, we're all behind it. We all want to see this guy win. And part of me didn't think he was going to win. I was like, oh man, I don't think they're going to have him win the strap. I really don't think they're going to have him win the strap. And, uh, and by the way, what an incredible match, too. Yeah. Kofi Kingston, Dan O'Brien. That was just so incredible. Mentioned it twice. So. Kofi Mania is your thing, as of the moment would be WrestleMania, Kofi, Daniel Bryan. Yeah, I guess so, because that, that was... The penultimate, the, the peak of that. Yeah, the, the climax of it was just when he won, and we just all went nuts. He had his kid in the ring, New Day celebrating with him. It was an amazing, amazing moment. Knowing his journey, what he went through to get there, and just how he got there with Ali getting injured, and just those steps, just winning the crowd over week after week after week. 
the best thing about Kofi Manian thing was everybody thought he was going to lose every title defense. Yeah, yeah, we we didn't think he would last that long. No. Well, we gave him like what a month. We thought he was going to lose like the next pay per view. We gave him a month. Yeah. Then we gave him two months. Then we gave him three months. Hey, just kept going, he going, just going, kept going, going. Yeah. It was great. I, I I thought he was a good champion. I thought he was a great champion. Yeah. Personal moment of the year. I was laying on my couch in my apartment on my birthday, mind you. I shared it with Ric Flair. Oh, okay. They're hyping this big Ric Flair birthday celebration. But all of a sudden, this blurb appears on my screen. Batista returned. Hey, Hunter, do I have your attention now? Raw goes up the air. What the? F- Batista's back? Ric Flair is legitimately hurt. He's coming back from his major surgery. Batista's dragging him like a rag doll. What? The rumors are true. Batista's back? Frick yeah, my birthday? Wow. You yeah, I one that one? I, I never heard your voice. Wow. Go that high. <laughs> you, oh. you good? Puberty. Okay. This is what it feels like. Okay. <laughs> Again, let's precurse my awards. The fact that I missed Impact this year. There's so much that happened on Impact this year. Um, you know, I kind of felt like 2019 was kind of a rebuilding year for wrestling. In a not, way, yeah. Not, I can see what you're talking about. Not too much major stuff happened, but they build up to lead into next quote unquote season. Right. So I feel like this year was one of the hardest years I think of awards this year. It really was it really was hard. Yeah. Usually it's easy, boom, bang, boom. Usos, New Day, easy. Sweep my categories. This year it's very hard. I like really think about yeah. shit. Really, really, really think so about shit. So just going further as we go into the awards, it's very hard to think of awards this year. But let's go on to our rivalry of the year. Mark? Okay. So for me, uh, rivalry of the year was actually very hard to look back on. I mean, yeah, there were a few rivalries here and there, but there, nothing really, really, really stood out. For me, it was NXT versus the main roster. Like, that was just perfectly done. One of the best rivalries that they told this year, especially with, like, how what, what happened after, like, the crown jewel, you know, superstars couldn't get back in time for, for SmackDown, and Triple H oh, yeah. just, just the- did that invasion. And it that was perfectly, there. yeah. Perfectly. I don't necessarily know if they had that plan the whole time. No, they didn't. Right? No, they didn't. They called them up that night. It was just a happy accident. When you saw Shawn Michaels backstage of that Smack on uh, SmackDown, yeah, him and the NXT crews literally stepped off the plane. They just walked into the stadium. Right. Trevor was about to do that spot, and Shawn came in like, "Oh, Shawn, come here, let's do this." Dude, that was so cool. Yeah. And every week it just got better and better, man. Like. For a while, I was just watching AEW Wednesday nights, but man, I was like, I want, I want to check out NXT right now for sure. See what's going on here, and it was just. And then we see the, star, uh, the rising stars of Rhea Ripley. Yeah, and you see the rising star of Keith, Keith Lee. Lee. Yeah, and then Adam Cole, baby. Adam Cole. I mean, Adam Cole put on an amazing match with Pete Dunne, the Survivor, the Survivor Series. As well, like I feel like after was, that War Games match, it, yeah. Oof. And yeah, after the workings match, what they did at Survivor Series, dude, yeah. it was nuts. It was absolutely nuts. The, the Becky Lynch, what she did with uh, Sheena Basler, um, the whole thing was just perfect. It was absolutely perfect. Absolutely, totally agree with you. I didn't, pick, I, it. I didn't pick it, but I, I agree with you. And I, I think, like, honestly, prediction for twenty twenty, uh, we're going to see a lot more stuff going on with NXT in the main roster, especially going to WrestleMania. So my rivalry of the year, Kobe Kingston, Daniel Bryan was huge. What a great rivalry that was. Becky Lynch, Ronda Rousey, Charlotte, mainly Becky Lynch, Ronda Rousey. Yeah. Huge. Absolutely. But the best executed rivalry was a very short program between 
and this 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 rivalry pretty much gave me what I wanted. Batista and Triple H. I'm doubling down here. It gave you what you wanted, really. I wish it lasted longer. I mean, this rivalry just again on a kind of like I said rebuilding year was a rivalry. I I totally I'm admitting this is I'm personally saying this because I was totally marked out when Batista came back. Batista Triple H is a match I want to see. And this rot- and Batista just killed did, it on his mic work. Except did that the- match do it for you though at WrestleMania? Again, I'll say this every WrestleMania match. I don't remember too much about it. Watching it live and in person, I thought it was a good match. But I need to add the commentary towards it to tell that story. That- I, I, no, I haven't rewatched it. At I haven't watched it yet with the commentary, but I thought um, it was a good match. I thought it was decent. I thought it was awesome. I feel like the fans weren't into it at all. Yeah, the fans are weird. But but this is mic work though. Outside that blunder of give me what I want when somebody messed up that line. Oh, that was bad. That promo was great. Him in his studio, his office was awesome. I think Batista just brought it. He killed it. And it was just, I wish it lasted longer. It was a great. And leading to his retirement match. I just, Do you think he's truly retired? Yes. Hands down. Because there are there's a lot of criticism for that match. Do you think I don't he, think he cares. Okay. No, I, you know, because that's, that's people, a fair point. I mean, the, he is a movie star now. He doesn't necessarily have to care anymore. I don't think he cares. He wanted one match against Triple H to be his, for everything Triple H had done for him in his career. I thought that match didn't suck, but I just thought it was a great rivalry. As short as it was, I thought it was good. Fair enough. I mean, that's your own personal moment. Yeah, this is personal. Let us know your yeah. thoughts coming up. Let's go with match of the year, if not one of, if not the hardest categories this year for me. Oh, my God. It was so hard, dude. So, so hard. You know, I, I'd really think about this, man. Like, you know, a lot of people, they, they talk about Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano uh, for t- two out of three false match. I honestly think that match is so overrated. Really? Yeah. I, I, I was going to put that on my list because everyone was talking about it so much. I wanted to go back and watch it. I, I watched watch it. it. and it was, I didn't watch it yet. Dude, it was just like super kick mania, man. Like, it was just. Really? Oh, okay. dude, it was just so overrated, in my opinion. And I like both guys. I'm not. I'm not shitting on them as individuals. I just think that match, just in general, is overrated. Wow. Okay. You know, I really, dude. Honestly, I've been going back and forth with this up, up until now, up until this moment. You asked me this question. I'm still going back and forth on this. I up there, honestly, for me is Cody Rhodes versus Dusty. Uh, Dustin. Did you watch me. that match? I did watch that okay. match. A double or nothing. I heard great things about that match. Dude, it's a many people's list, but I didn't watch it, so I can't even comment on that. Hell of a story. They they really brought it in the ring. Uh, every move mattered. Dustin, how he was bloodied and opened, worse than I've seen since Eddie Guerrero. Mm. Wow, uh, hell of a fucking match. But I have to say, I don't. I'm not going to say it's match of the year for me. Oh, so you're teasing us? Okay, the match of the year, and this goes for every promotion possible, right, Putty? Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to throw a fucking curveball your way right now. Match of the year, BWF wow. for Apache match. Really? Between Team BWF versus the Satsujin Squad. That is my match of the year. Guys, independent wrestling. Years ago, I was not a fan. I wasn't necessarily watching independent wrestling because I was just such a WWE mark. But no joke. Like For me to say this is match of the year, independent scene, like that's got to say something. 
over um, WWE, over AEW, over, over Impact, all. over MLW, over them all. Even MLW's and like, even though, like, yes, of course, like you know, my Satsuja squad, they were in the match, and a little bias, yeah, okay, but That's we, fair enough. We, we lost, we lost the match, fair and square. It was amazing. It was probably the coolest thing I've ever seen live. If if I can speak so candidly about this from commentary, of course you can. And just your see, show too, Ben. Friend, just seeing these eight guys giving it their all in this cage. With all these weapons, the fans losing their shit, going nuts. I, I thought the roof was going to blow out of the ceiling, dude. It was phenomenal to see. I mean, these guys throwing in everything but the kitchen sink and maybe then some. Like, Putty, you were there. Oh, it was great, yeah. Like, holy shit, Especially when you got punched in the face, it was great. Yes, and I did get punched in the face as well. Hey, yeah, I got punched in the face. I'm still saying this is match yeah. of the year. <laughs> Funny that you bring this match up because I was just thinking about this match because... Impact, I don't, on the other social medias, but on Facebook, they've been highlighting moments of their year. Right. Was it year of the decade? I think year. And at one point, it was Pete Williams versus somebody. I don't remember who it was. Delivering a Canadian Destroyer from the second row. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. That's fucking cool. Yeah. Holy shit. That is fucking cool. Oh, wait. I just saw that. Eric Jaden did it. Eric Jaden did it to Tyree Taylor. <laughs> yeah. To Tyree Taylor, Pete Williams did it to a, somebody his equivalent. Right. Eric Jaden delivered a Canadian destroyer off the second rope in a steel cage match with debris and weapons everywhere to Tyree Taylor, the big boy from Brooklyn. And they call him the big boy from Brooklyn for a reason. What what, what do you call him again? The Hollywood assassin calls him the big bitch from Brooklyn. I thought it was the bitch boy, but okay. (laughs) I didn't call him a bitch boy. But it's funny you mentioned that because I thought Eric Jaden a couple days ago when they saw that. He did it with one arm. Yeah, basically, yeah. With one arm. Eric Jaden legit has a broken forearm, been battling that for months, and he did that with one arm. You know, the, the, the fortitude that these guys have, the, the balls, the craziness, and just like, you know, the heart, the heart, man. They, they left it all in that ring for the fans in the Bronx, and it didn't disappoint. Like, it was just, I was in awe the whole time. I agree. Good pick. Thank you. Mark, can you guess my match of the year? Your match of the year? Is it Batista Triple H? Are you Batista tri- Triple H. You tripling down? No, I'm not. Oh, my God. I thought about it. <laughs> but. It's very hard for me to pick this match because a lot of matches people are picking, I have not seen. Right. And I wanted to pick Adam Cole Bebe versus Gargano, but I didn't see that match. Right. In all fairness, you have to pick a match that you saw. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. But it'd be hard for you to find a match more cringeworthy, so full of action, than the men's war game match. Mm, okay. All right. So similar type of match. Yeah. War games. Yeah. I mean, Adam Cole Bebe, that bump he took at the end. Oh, from Champa? Oh, my God. Champa? who delivered that move, who only recently came back from a career-threatening injury. Yeah, his neck injury, right? The surprise inclusion of Kevin Owens. Oh, my God, yeah. Kevin Owens in that match, It was too. just, it was this match was a match that stood out to me. Like, again, I'm not an NXT guy, but I decided I was free that night. I watched NXT War Games. I thought the build was so great, talking about Survivor Series. Right. And this match just blew me away. I don't know all the matches that could even compare to Match of the Year. Well, I mean, I obviously had mine. Now, <laughs> you, but you went indie wise. I'm trying to think of WE wise. Well, I, I went, I went with the whole scope. Now, I really wanted to pick Sammy Callahan Slammiversary against Tito Blanchard, but again, I heard such great things about that match. But again, I did not watch it. I needed to pick a match I watched. A lot of things. I mean, I was really taking taking that into um, into my decision as well. You know, what a lot of people were talking about, even with Dave Meltzer. I'm not a huge fan of Dave Meltzer, but. Yeah. You know, like, I, I know he likes to rate those matches. And I was really, like, this past week, I was, like, rewatching a lot of this stuff. because I, I did miss a lot of wrestling live. Mm-hmm. 
And I was thinking of the ones I watched live, maybe Dana Bryan and Kofi Kingston, I thought was a tremendous match. On the uh, list, definitely yeah. up in there. But I, I don't like doubling down on shit like that because I was going to make that moment of my year. Yeah, who, who likes doubling down on stuff? Yeah, some right? assholes do. <laughs> yeah, some assholes. But so I was really replaying it, and I was like, dude, the whole time, which kept on thinking. Anytime I was watching these matches, man, that four Apache match, though, it, wow, it, just, okay. it doesn't equate to that. And I, I think I asked you earlier today, I was like, hey, man, I just want to see, does it have to be mainstream? You're like, no. No, it could be any promotion. Yeah. Right. I was like, perfect. And, Go for anything. It could be superstar, yeah. moment, right. rivalry. It could be any, yeah. Right. So I was just like, dude, none of these matches, for as good as they were, like, Cody, I have to say, Cody Dustin was, like, right there. It was okay. right there. I heard there. your things about it. Yeah, I didn't watch that match. I, I recommend yeah. you watch that match, man. It was awesome. But yeah, no, four, that's why we chose the four patching match. I was like, dude, this is just too fucking good. All right, one of our biggest awards. Again, can't wait. Superstar of the year. Going on to what you just mentioned. It could be any promotion. Mark, superstar of the year. I'll have to say this, man. This is actually my easiest one. I'm going with the man, Becky Lynch. Really? Really? How can you not? Was she your superstar last year? Was she my superstar last year? I don't remember. I thought she was. Maybe if she was, but dude, if she did, okay. great. Then she deserves it a second time over, man. She main event at WrestleMania. She continues to main event different promotions, Fair enough. Here, uh, yep. different pay per views here. Fair enough. Okay. She's she held champion. the strap the, yeah. the better half of the year. Like she never lost the Raw Women's Champion. She's still been Raw Champion yeah. since WrestleMania, right? Yeah, she never wow. lost that. She lost the SmackDown one. So she, for the better part of the year, she's been champion and she's been carrying the show, man. She's been carrying the brand and she's doubling down as a man more and more. Uh, she's definitely interested to see. Yeah, we touched on it last week. Some some fans might be turning on her, but I think she's gaining momentum back again with the Oscar storyline. Yeah, you know she's just she's proving herself again. Like I said, to be the man. And kudos to her, man. Like she even being like ESPN's top six female athletes, and she's just breaking yeah. new ground. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily remember if I made her superstar of the year last year, but if I'm doubling down again, then so be it. She deserves it. Fair enough. Mark, buddy, all the years I've been doing this, this has been the hardest award I've given out. Okay. I'm curious to see now where you're going with this one. Again, this is the one name that has kept coming up when I think about the year in its entirety. This man, is a man, has been on my TV consistently since January. He's been consistently involved in storylines. Yes, they were very, some of them have been bad storylines. Some of these storylines have gone a little too long, but... He sold it, and this is best. This guy did his part. Whatever he was given, all hail the King Baron Corbin. Wow. Yeah, that's what you were saying, because I said the same thing when I thought about this. Wow. He, he was given this raw assistant general manager thing. Oh, that he, was awful. He was given the uh, the uh, interim raw general manager, where the crowd just totally turned on him, so much so that commentary turned on him, saying raw sucks because of him. Yeah. And then that ended. He... Faced Kurt Angle in his retirement match, which nobody wanted to see. No. He made the most of it. I don't even think Kurt Angle wanted that match. No, he didn't, but he killed it. Baron Corbin stepped up, delivered. And I couldn't think of any other name of a consistently delivering from January to December who delivered on a high performance. And his let's talk about his promos. His mic skills weren't that great. They're not that good. I think that's the thing that's missing from him. They've gotten a lot better. And as King... His mic skills are very, very far superior than they were for me, as for me, raw think, assistant general manager, wherever he was. I think it's his voice. It's probable. I, I think it's his voice. I'm not necessarily I'm a fan thinking of. overall, consistently, month in and month out, week in and week out, and he's become 
so reviled, so hated because he's doing such a good job. I don't know. I don't necessarily know if it's like heat because of like you know his character getting over, or if it's heat because like they can't stand him for real. Which is also awesome. I, I don't know. Like, is it awesome? Yeah. When when Sean Waltman got that heat as X Pac, I mean, was that awesome or was that bad? I don't even know what you're talking about here, but okay. Baron, you gonna pick Baron Corbin to Sean Waltman here? I was just saying, you know, just oh, with this just, heat alone that we're talking about. No, it was just. I, I honestly think you know. After we've seen what I just said about Baron Again, Corbin, my first, voice. The, the first thing that came to my mind was Baron Corbin. I'm like, that's a horrible answer. Let me think of somebody else. No, it's nobody a, it's else. A fair answer. I mean, you're, nobody you're else came to mind. Points yeah. here. I think for 2020, I heard rumors that they're going to give him a manager. He's going to be Drake Maverick as a manager. They were teasing that in some house shows. I heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like to see that. I'd like to see Baron Corbin actually have a mouthpiece and maybe because, like, like I said, I love his in ring work. I think yeah. he's got a good presence. And also getting better and better with that you know, as well. If you if you give him maybe less mic time and let him do his thing and have some a mouthpiece with him, you might see a better Baron Corbin in twenty twenty. I dig that. Can't wait. Let's go with our one to watch in twenty twenty. Mark, go for it. Not indie. This is this is this is relegated to one of the main Yes, this is, this is relegated. That, I understand, buddy. <laughs> I just need to make it shit clear. All right, it's for me. It's Aleister Black, especially this last pay per view that we saw with him, uh, with him against Buddy Murphy. Holy shit, man! They stole the show. Great pick. Why him, not Buddy Murphy, though? <sighs> that's, I think about that's, Buddy Murphy. That's, too. that's a good question. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know because I think Buddy Murphy. It's not taking anything away from him. I, I like Buddy Murphy a lot. I like Buddy Murphy too, yeah, he, he's he's so damn good, and I, and I know he's in for a big push down the line. I just don't necessarily know. If that big push is going to work for him, because they want to do a big push with him as a, as a as a heel, yeah. And with his size and everything, like I don't necessarily see it, like him being such a huge heel. I could be wrong, and, and I hope I'm wrong because I really do like Buddy Murphy. But I know the plan going forward is they really want to push Aleister Black as this yes. big baby face, and baby I could face, see that yeah. working. I mean, the dude they obviously have plans for him. They put the production value into his entrance, which mm-hmm. is probably one of the cooler entrances that we have today. Um, his in-ring work is just wow, wow, yeah, like unreal, like legit. It looks like he's legit in a fight too. Like he can legit kick your ass with those kicks. <laughs> you know, a great look. You know, I, I'm I'm looking for big things from Aleister Black in 2020. I, I'd like to see him become, you know, a United States champion or intercontinental champion of some sort. You know, at least be in the running for it. That's a great pick. Thank you, man. Talking about IC champions, I think. Uh... Talking about predictions here, I'm predicting that Miz breaks the record in 2020. Okay, uh, it's, yeah, not, that's it's, not a, it's not a far stretched. No, but one, my other far stretched prediction is Matt Hardy will become world champion. Wow. What promotion? I don't know. Okay. I'm oh, assu- I uh, see what you're doing here. All right. I'm assuming it's going to be Impact, but I see Matt Hardy becoming world champion within the next 12 months. Yo, we need to save this. What's the time frame? Let's save this clip. <laughs> yeah, right. But my ones to watch in 2020 are some guys who. Definitely won me over just on their mic skills alone. Did not know much about their in-ring work. I knew them as on-screen characters, not in-ring performers. Until I started watching their in-ring work, and I'm like, oh, they got something. I'm really excited to follow these guys in the future. Again, I picked EC3 in 2019, so you my, so my, off my credibility is out the mark here. <laughs> but I never touched marijuana. I never touched cigarettes. But for some reason, I want the smoke. I want the smoke. The Street Profits. 
are going to blow up in 2020. I hope to God they do, man. I feel like they've been off the off TV time for a little bit here. And we'll capture Tag Team Championship gold in 2020. I want to double down on that, man. I agree. I, I want to see uh, them. So you want the smoke? I want the smoke. You want... I don't know why. Like, again, I talked about it maybe like a month or two ago. I've created Nation Domination Rock to Montez Ford. Yeah, no, I see that. But talking about these, these, these chemistry these guys have on screen and in the ring, I just, I'm really excited about these guys. And it pains me to name them my ones to watch. But the fact that the lack, the lack of interest in tag team wrestling in WWE right now. Just three hours of programming, man. Push yeah, them. Yeah, but I'm saying tag teams aren't really a main priority in WWE right now. Then, you know, maybe don't have tag team wrestling in Raw, then. <laughs> you know, if, if that's Vince's puppy, put him on SmackDown. So, I'm, I'm maybe just, go back to NXT. I'm hoping things change, and I'm hoping the Street Profits blow up in 2020. Amen. Amen to that. In 2020, let's also... This is where... We, I don't know why we, this is the only category we uh, dissect. Now it's time to pick our indie stars to watch in 2020. Mark, I have a feeling I know you're going to pick, but the uh, floor is yours. All right, so... When I when I hear like the words like the one to watch, you know, this really for me, I feel like this is a breakout star of the year type of deal. Yeah. And dude, it, it's it's gonna be weird to say because he's been around for a while. The problem is they keep on, especially in BCW, they keep on putting him down, putting him down, putting him down. He's forever viewed as just like an underdog, no matter what he does, no matter what he accomplishes. I have to say, Eric Jaden is going to be my one to watch in 2020 because he's going to show everyone, once and for all, that he's not an underdog. He's not one to be taken lightly. He is better than ever, man. He This la- later half of the year, he's performing with one arm. One arm. With one arm. Yeah. One to BWF World Heavyweight Championship. One arm. And I know you're going to say shit about that, but... Yeah, keep- asterisks. But let's face the facts. He won the championship. Yeah, Blaine Ashley. With one arm. Went into the Fort Apache match. Actually, he won the championship with like seven arms, but whatever. Won the, went into the Fort Apache match. Kicked ass with one arm. Beat Joy Ryan. Gave up, though. Never actually said the words, I quit, dude. Don't be a dick. Okay, I'm just reporting what I heard. Beat Joy Ryan with one arm. Listen, he did all that shit. But yet, all right, BCW management, Darius Carter, they still want to talk shit about him. Uh, Asia Pan, they still want to like put him down, saying he's just a mid Carter and all that. Fuck that, man. What did, what did Darius call him? Match number three, Mister Intermission. Yeah, Mister yeah. Intermission. Okay, okay, that's cute, Darius. He almost beat you, but okay, wow. that's that's that, cute. Talk about match of the year. Going back, that was a great fucking match. I don't you don't remember much of it. I don't remember I, much of it. Thanks, Darius Carter. But I just remember that that was a great match. Right, hell of a match. I'd probably put this as my best match if I fucking remember it. <laughs> <laughs> Go on YouTube, like you told me. Yeah. yeah, right. But not for nothing, man. Like, I'm sick and tired of it. I know Eric Jaden. I know how he feels about it. And like, listen, the dude's layers are focused right now. He is so ready for take on. You know, not not so much any other promotions. He's now doubling down on BCW, and that's going to be dangerous for anyone in that locker room. Okay, very impassioned, biased, but impassioned. Last year, I picked my indie star to watch was Ace Andrews, and unlike EC3, he delivered. Not only did he deliver match after match, he formed this faction with Big Cuzzo. And they just blew up. Not only did they, they won this huge undefeated streak in BWF, they captured tag team gold. Still would be tag team champions if it wasn't for the crooked commissioner that we have. But my ones to watch in 2020 are now the solidified, too good, Ace Andrews, Big Cuzzo, and now the newly promoted intern, Leland Parker. And he called me bias. You calling me biased right now? Are you serious? Yeah, I'm not a part of too good. 
So I'm doubling down, picking H. Andrews two years in a row, but I'm picking his faction, the two-man faction, too good. 2020 is going to be a year. That'll be too good for too good. I can't imagine how many tag team championship golds they're going to collect. Yeah, it's just not going to be in BCW or BWF. No matter which promotion Dominic De Niro or Chris Barton are on, guarantee you they're they not going to win. They beat them to win the gold back. Okay, yeah. Well, Gen- right. Gentlemen's agreement. Gentlemen's agreement? Let's make a bet. I'm down for that. Let's make a bet. You got two bets. You got a bet with Jimmy J coming up with Eric and uh, Darius. Now we got a bet with Too Good and uh, East Coast Saiyans. Assassins? East Coast Assassins. Assassins. Listen, if Too Good can beat Barton De Niro in 2020, fair and square, Which I'll allow you to punch me in the middle of the ring. Oh, done. Let's do this. And if they don't, I will stop bothering your mom. Yeah, that's, that's not necessarily. That's, you don't bother my mom, that's, dude. You just, oh, shit. I just. I just really just gave I don't bother your mom. Then. Okay, awesome. <laughs> yeah. I thought I was. I was a little worried about that, but now you're telling me I don't bother her? Then forget about it. Yes. Okay, awesome. Thank you, Mrs. Schwan. That I, is our year end awards. Oh, man, this segment has been awesome. Delivered. It was like one of the hardest award shows I have had to produce. But we got through it, Mark. Yeah, dude. I mean, your second consecutive award show. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I'm curious to see how I do now for Superstar of the Year for 2020. Not necessarily Indie Star, but. Because you, your breakout star was. Drew McIntyre, who was mediocre at best, uh, much better than mine. EC three. It was disappointing for for. But your breakout star, any guy, was uh, Rick, Rick Recon, Recon and crushed it, crushed it, crushed it. So I'm assuming our indie stars deliver much better than our mainstream stars. But that is the end of 2019. This is the end of this decade. Mark, any go home thoughts for you? Well, dude, you know, I I, I thought for sure we we're going to talk about superstar of the decade. I'm surprised we haven't talked about that. Do you want to talk about that? I want to talk about that. Okay. Do you have anyone for this or no? You should have told me ahead of time because I don't have one right now, but okay. You don't want to tell me. No, you didn't give it back to me. You said no. I said yes. Superstar of the Decade. Go for it. All right. Superstar of the Decade, man. And I, I had to really think about this, about who would be Superstar of the Decade. There's a lot of guys, man. I mean, 10 years is a long-ass time. You know, I was thinking about, well, John Cena first came to mind, right? Absolutely. And of course. My but, first pick. Right. It would be anyways, but I was really thinking about it. I mean, Cena hasn't really been involved the last few years as much. He hasn't been like a strong figure. Okay. But I was thinking, who's been that, like you were saying about Superstar of the Year, mm-hmm. who's been that guy that's been consistent? You know, who's been throughout the decade? Who's been, okay. who's been like, you know, really uh, front and center? Who's won championships? Who's been in main storylines? Oh, who's evolved yes. like three times over? And now he's won a major championship in a brand new promotion. Oh. He's an EVP of the company, Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho, I have to say, is superstar of the decade because the dude. And I mean, think about what we started off with. The, uh, still doing with like the um, uh, what was his character with the um, he, he took from like was that movie uh, No Country for Old Men? That type of character he had going on transcended to like the the list, bringing that back. You know, going for the best of the world, that, that whole rivalry with CM Punk, and then Le Champion, AEW. I mean, dude, the guy's guy sick, man. Jericho is still on top of his game. You know, 2020, you know, going to the new decade, leading a whole new young talent of wrestlers in AEW and helping them, bring them up to a, a better, bigger level. I, I think Chris Jericho is the man. Oh, okay. Hard to argue that. Again, I wasn't really prepared for this category. But, I mean, how do you not pick John Cena, though? The guy carried his company on his back for years. I'm not discrediting yeah, John Cena. Yeah, he kind of kind of fell off the last year and a half. But what he's done from 2010 till 2017 is uncomparable to any other 
Well, right. You know, they're saying Hulk Hogan was the face of the franchise six years. Bret Hart was champion five years. Shawn Michaels is around seven years, maybe. John Cena's been around for 15, 16 years. And I'm not discrediting anything John Cena No, tried. I think you are. What I'm saying, I think John Cena just, I mean, you have a, you have a great pick. I'm not you. discrediting your pick, but as somebody who has to think of it right now, uh, I can't even see anybody who even compares to John Cena right now. I mean, dude, there's no way you could dispute that. I mean, John Cena, I mean, the fact is he put over so much talent as well. Yeah, it's something he doesn't get credit for. He doesn't get credit putting for. Putting over talent. Match, like, match with a, uh, putting the spotlight on the United States Championship. Yeah. Tying Ric Flair's record for, as a world champion. The, just, all right, go looking outside of the ring, you know, doing what he's done for the Make-A-Wish Foundation, going to, oh, yeah. going to Hollywood. He's done so many Make-A-Wishes. He's not only the number one wish grantor of all time, he's he, he yeah. done so much, he's now on the board. No, yeah. yeah. Like, it, it's, yeah, it's obviously, the, you know, your go-to when you think of superstars of a decade, you, you have to think of yeah, John absolutely. Cena. Like, absolutely. But I was really, really just, like, you know, I was thinking about it. I was like, yeah, you know what? Like, I want someone that's been there all throughout. And John Cena, like, the last, what, year and a half, two years? Like, yeah. really, nothing, really. Yeah, but Chris Jericho's also took a year, year and a half is off the past 10 years. Fair. That's, that's a fair point. That's if, a very fair if, point. That's your knock against John Cena, then. But, like, you know, Chris Jericho, how many times has he evolved over this decade? Like, you've yes. seen a few different sides of Chris Jericho. Sure. And then leading... Um, John Cena oh, didn't need to evolve, though. Although, mm. I, as much as I would love to see his heel turn... Right. But, uh, We've never had to say that about yeah. Jericho. I wish we could see a different subject. Jericho. We've said that about Cena for a long time. Yeah. Uh, but then Jericho, again, like I said, as I said, another main factor in that is like leading a whole new promotion, doing what he's doing no, in there. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, hats off it's to a that. Great pick. Great pick. Absolutely. Thank you. Le champion. A little bit of the bubbly. That's enough. Can we have a little bit of the bubbly for the new year? Yeah, I got it in my refrigerator. I'm waiting for it. Mark, anything else you want to talk about before we pop these bottles and get uh, our drink on? You know what I'm looking forward for 2020, dude? Commentary with me? Commentary with you, yes, actually, believe it or not. Appreciate um, I'm looking forward to BWF. I'm looking forward to BCW. I'm looking forward to Shot of Wrestling, period, as we're growing, uh, doing more launch parties, uh, doing more shit, growing us as a brand, growing us as a friendship, and uh, you know, growing uh, even like the members of Shot of Wrestling, you know, bringing more people involved. And, uh, dude, I, I, I'm so pumped for what we have in store for 2020 and a new decade. And hopefully 10 more years from now, we can do a whole new segment for superstars of the decade and shit like that. Imagine, imagine that. Oh, dude, absolutely. So, for the Hollywood assassin, your favorite actor, Mark Schwann. For anybody who's been involved and are part of the shot of wrestling over the last decade, safe, safe to say, I have been your host at Michael J. Party until next year. Party, yep. Hey, baby, I hear the bell ringing, hip tosses and body slams. Oh, my. And maybe you seem a bit confused. Yeah, baby, but I got you pinned. Ha, 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 ha. But I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case. They're cashing it in. Authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night, everybody.